Welcome, welcome guys. We're here for another episode of the lock-in. We're actually not locked in. We're we're in Prague. We're in the centre of Prague right now. Dara, are you happy to be here? Yeah, I'm very happy to be here, David. This is an unusual lock-in, but... Uh, be more enthusiastic, dude. Keep it light. No, David, it's not working. I mean, we literally look like a pair of wankers here. We do. Look we do. at us. It's just isn't dignified. We, we do actually look like a pair of wankers. We're not influencers. Yeah, we just we're not young enough. We're not young enough, no. Can't, can't even get away with making this look like we're sending a message home to our families. Okay. Okay. Well, in that case, I'm going to just do a very quick scenic 360 for our audience so you can have a look. The beautiful city of Prague really is a beautiful city. And uh, when you see us in just a moment's time, I'm sure we'll be suitably locked in to a hotel room with some bad curtains. Okay, so we're back, obviously, indoors where we belong, let's be honest. Uh, Dara, you'll notice. Uh, in front of some dodgy curtains. Exactly, usual. exactly. That's kind of our thing now for the lock-in when we're on uh, trip reports or whatever you want to call them, that we're going we're gonna to place ourselves. But actually, much nicer curtains got to be set here in the Hilton. Yeah. Um, I think we take these over the ones in the Gold Coast. Uh, Dara, we have been playing here for about five days already. I know you're staying on longer. I'm leaving tomorrow. But it is the Eureka Festival in Prague, followed by the EPT Festival. Eureka Week, Eureka Main Event. You cashed it. Tell us about what happened. Yeah, I was super short the whole the whole first day, and I was just really clinging on on the bubble. Um, you had a very big stack at one point. Um, all right, all right, no need for that. You might have been chip leader at one point. Ah, actually. stop now. I don't think it was even that good. No, stop. Um, and Jason got you with a very big stack. I was thinking on the bubble. I had seven and a half big blinds. Um, and this is probably the most interesting hand I've played in a while live, um, at least since the pandemic started. Uh, the blinds had just gone through and I had seven and a half big blinds and we were two from the bubble, I think. I was pretty sure that the bubble was going in the next orbit. So my sort of mental plan was just fold the next few hands and that'll be fine. The only hand I'm gonna to have to think about is probably aces. Then I get dealt aces on the button and a lad <laughs> who's raising literally every hand because he has a big stack and why not? Um, he raises again. I shoved on the button seven and a half. I think he raised more than two big blinds, like two and a half. So I thought, okay, well, he's gonna call, but I'm, you know, I have aces, what can I do? Came back to him and he actually went into the tank um, and I realized it was a genuine tank. He wasn't just pretending and and he was actually thinking about folding. Um, and then there was a bit of speech play. He asked me, if, um, can you show me Ace-King here? Because if you show me Ace-King, this would be a very bad fold. Um, so from that I deduced <laughs> he probably had a pair. Um, and I said, I assured him this can never be Ace-King here. And I said to him, I know the bubble's going in the next orbit and the double up doesn't help me greatly. So draw your own conclusions from that. <laughs> Do the maths, right? Yeah, and he went into the tank again for ages and ages and then he he eventually folded. And he told me afterwards, and I fully believed him on this because it was after the end of the day and I don't see why he would lie, um, that he had folded queens and he had correctly worked out that um, it was never his king, it was never Jack's. So it could only be aces and maybe kings. And even though he was getting well over two to one, it was still a fold. Um, and in that spot, I'm actually pretty happy to get the fold as well. I don't want to take the the 18% chance that he's going to get there with queens against my um, aces and, and, and bubbled me in the tournament in a spot where the main cash is almost two buy-ins. And um, even if I double up, I'm not my stack isn't going to be worth much more than that. Yeah, no, definitely happy to get it through. I, I, we did discuss, actually, it was at the main event 
uh, just passed, uh, as I was sort of riding the bubble with a relatively short stack, I had said that uh, I think if I was in the same situation, I might have flipped over my aces and taken the three-hand penalty. We, we discussed it since then. I, I said to you after you told me about this hand, I was like, I think he played it brilliant. I think the speech play, making sure he knew it was going to be aces was really good, but maybe maybe just maybe you got to show him them, Dara. I don't know. Yeah, it's murky. <laughs> I, re I remember you talking about that play um, while we were at the World Series, and I guess I would have been tempted to do that if it was a 15k bubble like the WSP main event, but the 2k Eureka bubble, it just felt a little bit mucky and I felt like I kind of achieved the same thing with the speed play anyway. You did. I, I more or less told him I had aces without saying I had aces, um, yeah. which you obviously can't do, but you can certainly, you know, talk about your hand. <laughs> um, and I didn't make it anything as obvious as I had two pointed cards or anything like that. Um, but. Yeah, I mean, it was one of those spots where I was actually pretty lucky that he was as good as he was um, and didn't just make the side call. Yeah, because you never do know. You never do know. Obviously, we are here in Prague with our good pal Jason Tompkins as well. He managed a min cash in the main event as well. He was actually riding quite a good stack. You were much shorter, but you went deeper, laddered for a good half the day after that. Yeah, Jason had a, had a, had a very unfortunate spot where he just took a bunch of beats early on day two despite having a very healthy stack going into day two that's the way that day twos are you know it, it, it really depends uh, you're going to be all in a lot and if you call then you're going to be at risk uh, or at least a large chunk of your stack will be at risk um i was quite lucky i picked up some 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 good hands in good spots where you know if you've got ace king and there's a there's a raise a call and a call ahead of you and and you shove and you get it through you actually add quite a lot to your stack in that spot um so yeah, I was I was um, I was pleased to have laddered so much because I had I had gone through so short. Um, you know, I was definitely one of the shortest people coming back. Um, but uh, you know, a lot of the tournaments where I've gone deepest actually I've been very very short in the bubble, and you know that's not unusual. That's not just specific to me. Um, we know some people who were very very short in bubbles at big tournaments went on to win them. Maria Lampropoulos first. Party Poker Millions was like that. Kevin um, Killeen was on fumes going through the EPT bubble Kevin, that he came third in, I remember. That's correct. And um, WSP winner, um, I think it was PS Lamb, or PS Hines, who only had, uh, I think, four big blinds when the bubble burst in the, in the WSP main that year. Yeah, it does go to show it is worth preserving what chips you have. And of course, no better man than yourself for playing a short stack for the entire day, if necessary. Uh, I managed a cheeky little min cash. It was pretty much a min cash. I got a couple of little small ladders uh, in the high roller event. Uh, delighted to not brick the full series. I know Dara would have been giving me dog's abuse, had I. Uh, but the man who always seems to one-up Everyone basically in poker these days, Jeez, he might be one of the best tournament players around, is our very good friend and Unibet ambassador, Alex Rayar. At the time of recording, there are three people left in the uh, Eureka main uh, playing for, I think, about 400k up top, like 400 buy-ins, not too shabby for a 1k, and he's in the mix. Yeah, Alex always seems to be in the mix, and um, you know he had a great World Series, and he obviously won his first bracelet this year. Uh, and he just seems to crush live every time he comes out. Um, yeah, he really does. Phenomenal player, um, and I wouldn't be at all surprised to see him take that down. No, I completely agree. Uh, we're going to maybe, as soon as this is finished, go down and see if it's worth the rail. He might be heads up, uh, yeah, fingers we, crossed. We, we, we could have done that. We could have actually checked. We could have just gone into the lift and gone we're down not two floors and checked. Um, 
whether what we're saying is actually true or not. But yeah, I could shout out the window. Maybe if we yelled out the window, maybe somebody down there knows. Um, but listen, moving on, uh, Dara, you have recently joined me as a contributing writer for Vegas Slot Online. What's it like being a Vegas slut? And tell us a little bit about your latest article. Yeah, I tend to abbreviate it to VSO for obvious reasons. You happily embrace the fact that we are Vegas sluts. Damn right. Um, yeah, it's, it, I'm, I really enjoy working with uh, Tony and Owen and the rest of them at Vegas s- slots online. Well done. And um, yeah, I mean, it's, it, I I was I was hesitant at the start because I thought I'd be writing the kind of shite that you write for them. But, <laughs> But they assured me that they were happy to go with the type of stuff that I would normally write for my own blog. So the kind of shite you write. The kind of shite I write, exactly. Right, okay. I don't mind writing the kind of shite I write, so I'm not the kind of shite you write. Um, and it has developed into a kind of a friendly, which probably won't last for a very long rivalry between the two of us as to who can be the most read um, article on at any time on, on, on Vegas slots online. Um, you managed to pull a really dirty trick where you rehyped an old piece about Bilzerian um, which everybody thought was then a new piece. Oh, what? Let's see what David's saying about this area now. I was here working, so I couldn't. I was sitting at the table trying to build a stack, so I couldn't write a new article. So I just did a little, you know, sort of retweet. Not something that is beneath you, by the way, Mr. O'Carney. Retweet no content either. But uh, yeah, no, I, I I did put it out, did, and I think a few people might have been fooled into thinking it was a new piece. Yeah, there was no mention that it was an old piece. There was no Thursday throwback, <laughs> Friday flashback. Oh, that's the, that's the bit that gets you <laughs> off the hook. Okay, I'll, I'll make sure to throw back it next time um well look you know we are always ones here on this show to be complimentary of things that we see that are good in the industry and i've got to say in a very general sense it is nice to be at a stars event that feels a little bit more like old-fashioned stars we were always very loyal and uh big fans of what stars did as a brand through the maybe 2008 nine till 2015 sort of period but then you know i think it's uncontroversial to say there have been some dark days uh this feels a lot more like the old days i will make one exception actually no firstly i'm going to mention the cake there's been cake every day there's a cake break we've made cake break a kind of a thing the first break of the day there's some welcome cake which i think is just meant to be eaten once by one person when they're checking in but it's just lying there if you go back to the areas the cake's just there they're trying to get rid of the cake. I mean, I think we can all agree. I mean, old stars, our new stars rather got into lots of trouble over the... Okay, we won't go into it. More but cake is better. More cake is better. That was the line I was trying to set up. We can all agree that more cake is Were better. Were you actually trying to set up? Because that, that was... Because yeah. like, that hasn't been mentioned. We didn't rehearse it. That's just... That's how much our yeah, brains you, are just connected you, you, at this point. You stole my line. I, 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 I guess I gave it away in the intro. But yeah, more cake is definitely better. The only thing is, I mean, I was really enthusiastic about the cake on the first day. It was nice Czech cake. The Czechs do make a good cake. It has to be said. Yeah. Uh, as they make lots of other ways, good beer, good bread, everything. But as the week has gone on, I, the suspicion has grown in my mind that it's the same cake just being put out every day. <laughs> so it's the uneaten cake from the previous days. Um, and it's getting to the stage now where I'm not feeling great about the cake. I mean, I'm still eating it, obviously, because it's mm. cake. But it's, yeah, it doesn't feel great. Um I can neither confirm nor deny his suspicions because I'm gluten intolerant. So what I basically do is the most disgusting thing is I take a cream bun and I eat the icing off it at my breaks. That's that's my sugar. Oh, I thought you were just doing that. Just you know, you, you, it, it's like that scene in that Club Tropicana video where because the drinks are free, he just takes the drink and pours. I just it throws it at the wall. Yeah. <laughs> yeah um, 
Yeah, I mean, I was re- as I said, I was really enthusiastic about the cake. I was worried that I was going to leave here 10 kilograms heavier and with diabetes, but um, it seemed like it, it was inevitable that I was going to eat a lot of cake. Okay, well, from cake to rake, this is our criticism of this stop, and I suppose it is a, a throwback to stops past is something we didn't like then we don't like it now is there is an inclusion of the hypers these sort of 10 minute blind levels evening time events i totally get the idea of having a hyper it's perfect have a four or five hour tournament starting at 10 o'clock at night that seems like it's absolutely catering to what we would want but 14 percent rake poker stars has taken the piss yeah, I agree completely. You played one the first night. I played one the second night, um, which was Sunday when we were all playing the Unibet Open on our phones and iPads. I managed to dust off my two bullets quickly enough to get down to play the hyper. Um, I do enjoy the idea of hypers. Um, they're a lot of fun and, you know, they're not going to take very long and all that stuff. They're, and they are they are good fun. But uh, I was looking at the clock to see what how much was going into the prize pool. And I was initially very happy to see that 960, of, it was a 1K, uh, was going in, I thought, okay, well, 960, that's only 4% rake, that's actually very good, that might be even beatable, um, even in a tough field. Um, but then I looked at my ticket and realized it was actually a 100 plus 100, uh, sorry, a 1K plus 100, so it's an 1100 buy-in, so effectively it's 960 plus 140, which is about 15%, which is definitely not on for a hyper. I mean, that kind of rake is fine for a four-day tournament, but these tournaments take four hours. Yeah. And... Also, they have a high uh, rotation. You know, a lot of people bust, go off, re-enter, come straight back. So they get a lot of rake in a very short period. Yeah. Got to say, one final bit of positivity on this. Uh, A shout out to our former graphics artist, animator, Willie Elias. Uh, Yeah, he had one other role, actually, at one point. He was briefly your chair as well. He was my chair for a little bit. not, Not something we should be really highlighting. Yeah, no, maybe, maybe, maybe don't um, start retweeting that. Video. Don't do a throwback Thursday to that video no, where no. I sat on Willie like so that I could, you know, do my work some afternoon. Oh, he was a very sturdy chair. It must be said. Very, very good chair. Yeah. If you're, if you're gonna, if if you if, if you're the type of person who's willing to degrade another human being by sitting on his back, yeah. We love you, Willie, and you are now an extremely good live events coordinator, liaison. I don't actually know your exact role, but you are very good and you're very good to us and I could see you interacting with all the players and qualifiers and whatnot and uh, it's great to see an alumni of the chip race go on to bigger and better things. Yeah, Willie was a really enthusiast. I mean, he got he, he started out making just uh, fan art for the chip race um, and for, for our blogs and stuff and we brought him on board officially. It's great to see him actually involved in the industry now and he's doing the kind of job which, to be honest, he did even before it was his job. He'd just be at the events as a player and he'd be, he'd be happy and friendly to everybody and everybody would help he was almost like our Scottish version of Kev Math um, um, so it is great I think I, 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 I think while he's great at the job that he currently does Will is the type of guy I would like to see rise up further in the industry as well I think he has very good ideas about what works in poker how to make online poker better he talks to to, to pretty much everyone. He rings me up every few weeks asking me about what do you think about this idea for satellites or this idea for structure. So it's great to see people like that in the industry um, who might actually be able to make positive changes. Yeah, and I think, you know, something we talk about, obviously, in our role as Unibet ambassadors is that you're a poker ambassador first. Like, you know, we're obviously very close second if our boss is watching this episode. Very close second Unibet ambassador, but you sort of feel like an overall ambassador for the game and that seeing, 
you know, the you know market leader in the game still, Poker Stars doing more of the right things these days and having people within their team who I think are really good contributors and have the ideas you've just mentioned is something that's going to benefit everyone and all the players will benefit. Um, moving from, uh, I suppose, an alumni of the chip race who we have great things to say about, uh, Ian Simpson has left Unibet Poker and the chip race. Although he, he, he may do a sneaky chip race news segment Maybe one more before he goes, but he has left us, Dara. Yeah, absolutely great guy. I mean, oh no, we're, we're talking about. Oh, I thought we were talking about Willie still. No, 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 no. We've moved. We moved on to Simpson. Yeah. I thought we were going to skip Ian. Okay. No, no. I, um, I, I, yeah, I, I mean, Ian, him. we wish you well. Um, a lot of people think you're dead already, especially after that video that Dave put out <laughs> in, in memoriam. Um, but you know, even though people Sarah McLaughlin song. Yeah, we, we, it, it was like the end of Afterlife or something. It was really weepy. It was like. Oh, I didn't even know Ian was dead. I wonder what he died of. Um, but yeah, we obviously wish Ian, in, in, in all seriousness, seriousness continued success. Um, he has very much grown into the role of being an ambassador. He's a much better player than he used to be, which is a bit like saying somebody is better at running than somebody who can't run. But um, he I thought is, you were going to say me there. I genuinely thought that I was going to be your example. Yeah, there was a lot of really offensive things I could have added. I'm, I'm, I'm glad I caught that thought in time. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, Ian has been our third wheel for the last five years, um, <laughs> which which has unbalanced us, frankly, because it was a, it was sort of a machine that needed four wheels. Yeah, yeah, he was our he was our third person in the three legged race, not realizing that there's not supposed to be a third person in a three legged race. Uh, but he followed around, he followed us around to stops. We could always hear him coming because of his big hyena laugh. Mm -hmm. uh, he brought a lot of energy and enthusiasm into his role. Pretty much the only thing he brought. And, um, yeah. <laughs> the only thing. I love it. There's just a cause of pause there. It's like, I'm scrambling for another thing that's yeah, nice I'm, to say, but I'm, I'm actually not able to do it. Okay, well, in a surprising twist, and this was a surprising uh, aspect of, of, of Ian's departure for me, the reason he left uh, was actually by his own volition and mm, not yeah. because of some sort of bullying HR incident involving me. So HR department in Unibet, I'm off the hook. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm not sure whether I even believe it or not. I mean, this is the official word that's gone out and Ian is sticking to it as well. So I presume it's either true or else he's been given a very... I gave big... him a send-off on Facebook, which everyone thought was sincere as well, by the way. Yeah, a few people were coming up to me in, uh, in, in Emory going, that was really terrible. That's really like, mean, the sticking the boot in right at the end. As he's on his way out the door. Um, what's his problem with Simpson? And well, um, I was saying... Like, well, many problems. Well, no, that was just a dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, on a sincere note, I want to take this opportunity very seriously to list the achievements uh, of Ian for both the Unibet and the chip race down the years. Unfortunately, I can't actually think of any. So instead, I think maybe will we do a, like we do a one minute silence, maybe a 30 second silence for Ian. Really? Yeah. So we just, we're just going to think about Ian and how he's gone. Well, speaking of ambassador departures, uh, Bilzerian has seemingly been binned by GG. Would you believe it? 
And on the International Women's Day too, which seems like an incredible coincidence. Um, yeah, I mean, there was never any official confirmation as far as I could see. They just kind of just whipped him off the website and didn't make anything. It was a bit different from, you know, Ian's very gracious departure, um, where we, I believe, even had him on the poster for the US after he left for, for a while. Yeah. But... Uh, this nice. was this was literally just woke up one morning and there were no bil more Bilzerian emotes in 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 the GG software and there was no more mention of them on the website. It was almost like it never happened and uh, <laughs> yeah, it was an ignominious end to uh, not not exactly a shining light in the history of poker ambassadors. I know, right? Well, for those of you who've been living under a rock, Dan Bilzerian joined GG in December of 2020. That was 15 months to the day. So maybe his contract was a 15-month contract and it ended, or maybe this is something that they have sort of planned to bin him, you know, mid-contract. We actually don't know. Uh, a couple of writer friends of ours, both Sam Bevington and Barry Carter, spoke to GG looking for the inside info, I guess, on, on, on what did happen. Was it a planned departure or whatnot? And both were given... The rather um, elusive no comment. So maybe, I don't know, like I'm speculating here, but, you know, that could be legal issues. Maybe he has been binned and now he's sort of going to fight back because he was still in contract. To be honest, if they've binned him on the grounds of him having not fulfilled any of his obligations, I think he probably didn't fulfill any of them. So he probably deserves to be binned. Uh, but it is unclear if the partnership came to a natural end or a... Uh, uh, what, what would the opposite of a natural end be in this situation? Unnatural. An, an, unnatural, an, un, an unnatural end. You really end. do have COVID brain fog. Does, does, I, I tell you, I'm on thesaurus every day now just to get my words out it's 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 a real thing guys um a few rapid fire stories before we go because we are doing a shorter episode this week because uh, i'm fairly confident the battery in my iphone is going to die at any moment yeah and this definitely isn't the second take of this because no. the battery died. this definitely isn't the second take and i'm not doing a third take so yeah don't what you want from that <laughs> Well, look, a few a few quick stories. Uh, actually, we have a few of them, so we're probably not going immediately. So, you know, buckle up here, guys. Uh, but our really good pal, Porrick Smidge O'Neill, who you'll remember from lots of different things. We've had him on the chip race. Uh, we've also uh, celebrated his back-to-back -back victories in Unibet Open online, which he did during the pandemic. Phenomenal stuff. He is basically, I, I said it during the news last week, he's basically one of, if not the best poker players in Ireland I think at this point I, I genuinely think he is right up there with the tippy right up there in your category frankly Dara far far above mine <laughs> let's be honest yeah, yeah I mean that said there's a lot of really really good poker players in Ireland now including some who never leave the house um, mm, true like if you look at a guy like Alex Kulev who was really oh, only he is very good. and then he came out and almost won a WSAP bracelet and he's going to crush live over the next year or two I have no doubt but you know Smidge is definitely up there in the conversation as well with people like Dan Wilson um, Frank Lillis who is actually the current Irish online number one um, but it is great I mean I was talking to Jason at breakfast about this it's great to see a guy who's really grafted hard for over a decade now um, and really put the work in and just continues to grind it out um, and just get better and better and better and um, now he's at a point where he's a genuine world beater. Yeah, and he's had a bit of a 
purple patch over in Vegas. He went out rather than playing Prague and EPT and all that kind of stuff that, you know, most people in Europe were sort of eyeballing. He decided he was going to head off for the Win 10K with stuff that was kind of around that festival. There was a, a Win Bounty, you might remember, guys. That was a, a sort of a mystery bounty that everyone was getting excited about last week. Well, he'd only feckin' binked the 100K mystery bounty. Cashed for five grand in the tournament. Won the mystery bounty. He had two bounties total. He opens the thing, 100K, cool as a cucumber, barely even, like celebrates and then opens the second one it's 5k which is still one of the good bounties just like fucks that to the side like it doesn't even matter um yeah amazing stuff so you know he obviously bit of good luck there let's be honest the mystery bounty stuff's a bit of nonsense but it's fun nonsense and he manages to bink that one but he uh he also just proved that he is a real poker player too like we knew anyway and he went straight into the venetian tournament actually no sorry he didn't he went to the win he fired two bullets because you know 10k is now to him mr 100k mystery bounty was nothing 20 percent of an envelope exactly so he did that and then he unfortunately bust those and he headed straight over to the venetian where he jumped in the three and a half k and came third or fourth last night third i believe for 170k so not too shabby porrick o'neill congratulations from us here at the show we might have you back on the show you never know um speaking of the win 10 million at the time of recording uh Vanessa Cade is still in the mix a really packed field 16 people going back now by the time you guys get to watch this it may be done and dusted or it may be on the final table we're going to try and get this one turned over fairly quickly you mentioned Dan Wilson just a minute ago he made the last 35 or 40 so he had a deep run in that one too but Vanessa certainly the one to watch for us now 5 of 16 she's going to be on the next episode of the Chip Race doing a strategy segment well worth checking that one out it's a high roller hand from her uh, 25k I think it was in Aria um, last summer so yeah but like by the time it comes out maybe maybe Vanessa will have another million quid in her pocket who knows 1.6 million up to up on that one yeah been an astonishing year for Vanessa and I think she's definitely one of the people in poker you would root for um, it's always a bit complicated in poker because you have lovers and haters etc and some people you have a mix of both but uh, Vanessa is one of those people you can on completely without any qualification route for um so great to see her going deep in another tournament um when we recorded the strategy piece she was actually on a on a on a pre-vegas holiday um somewhere very nice that's why we won't be mentioning her win result in in the piece just in case anyone's wondering yeah let's make that clear but uh yeah yeah and uh, it 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 is a pretty sick packed field that are left now so she's going to have to uh out Play well and run well. Yeah, outmaneuver some real beasts. Yeah, yeah, no, it is. It, it, fingers crossed for her making the final table. I don't know if they televise it, but if they do, it's well worth checking out. Um, I'll certainly be looking out for it. I'll be following all the reports. Finally, there was another sort of fun story centred around the win. Uh, Jamie Kerstetter didn't cash the win mystery bounty, but she did do that thing that we do sometimes where she fired up some games on her phone. We played the Unibet Open, as we mentioned there earlier on uh, on our phones here uh, while the poker was taking place in the other rooms. She fired up in her phone, bust the win bounty, was thinking, well, I jump back in the win bounty. In the meantime, she's sitting having coffee, spins up a chip lead stack, thinks, well, this isn't too bad. Maybe I'll just focus on this now and it's worth it. Uh, WSOP circuit ring. So it's like pretty nice uh, sort of feather in the cap if you can bink that type of thing. Uh, about six hours later, I want to say, her phone starts dying like it was bound to do. Uh, she didn't want to leave her good Wi-Fi signal. So she decided to get a charger and bring her phone into the ladies' toilets <laughs> yeah. where where she completed the tournament. This sounds like a very elaborate excuse for somebody who's completely bust and 
can has to, the only way they can find Wi-Fi is to go into the bathroom of a of, of a very good establishment. Very nice hotel, nicer nicer bathrooms than a lot of hotel rooms. Yeah, no, but yeah, I mean, obviously we're, we're thrilled for Jamie as well. She's she's a very good friend of the show. Um, we hung out with her in Vegas. Actually, you hung out with her more than I did, and um, great to see her representing ladies' poker in a literal ladies' bathroom. Yeah, right? That's too bad. Although, I'm now kind of wondering if people who regularly tune into the show are starting to wonder. They always, when they go on those tours where they do their lock-in, not from their bedrooms, they're always talking about toilets. Do you remember your exploding urinal story was the last time we did one of these? Why are they always taking it to the bathroom? Yeah, this show's really gone down the toilet, all right? <laughs> well, on that note, guys, it has been fantastic to do a live lock-in, uh, you know, lock-in from Prague. I don't know. We might have to change the name of these things. If we keep getting let out to do them, we can't call them lock-ins anymore. We're just, yeah, locked in Prague, maybe. Locked uh, in Prague. Well, I plan on having a few drinks now tonight. I have a day off uh, before my flight. So uh, you, you have to take it seriously, though, Mr. Kearney. 5K tomorrow. EPT tomorrow, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I took today off apart from this nonsense. So um, I will be ready to go tomorrow, uh, fingers crossed. Yeah, do watch all available updates to see how Dara and some of the other Irish boys obviously uh, get on. We're, we're rooting for you all. Uh, we're kind of here as a group. Uh, Dara Davey just f- landed in. As the old firm, for anyone who doesn't know us, going back years and years, the firm was a sort of a staking group that we created years ago. And it's sort of having its reunion post-pandemic now this week. So that's lovely to have. Indeed, yeah. Yeah, great to see people like Dara back. Yeah, great to have him back. Guys, tune in next week, or maybe it'll be two weeks, when we will be doing another lock-in from our bedrooms. Until then, thanks so much. Before we go, guys, I forgot to mention something. There was a recount. Do you remember the GPI awards that they had a, a few weeks ago? Uh, they did a um, they they did a, an award for best podcast, and I think Cardigan and Stapes won us, whatever that meant, poker in the... Eyes, open poker in your eyes, or open something. Anyway, they, they, apparently, they, it's it's a bit like that travesty when uh, poor old Daniel Negreanu thought he'd won the um, Player of the Year at the World Series, and then it turned out it was Rob Campbell. Well, turns out. Yeah, but wait a minute, Dave. Best podcast. The trophy says 2018. Best podcast, guys. 2018. Okay, this might be a second trophy finally given to me by the lovely people over at GPI. Roland Boothby sent me a message. Eric Danny was there. Hans was there as well. And they said, hey, Dave, we've got something for you in the lobby. And uh, now, for you know, Dara's actually really annoyed about I'm this really because he really enjoyed the fact that he could yeah. rub it in my face that he had the trophy and I was never getting my hands on it. Yeah. Got one of my own now. Look at that. Look at that. Just say 2018, though, just for the record. Well done, Hearts and Stapes. You know, deserve it. But, you know, I have one too. <laughs>